0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the STEM Blazers podcast. We are so excited to bring you a new guest, one that's a little closer to my major. So expect some deep food-related questions. I'm here with my awesome co-host, Maddie.
1: Thanks, Joe. My name is Maddie Poole, and I am very excited to be here today talking to Jamie Warren. Jamie is a senior food scientist at Clausen Quality Chocolate. Inspired by chemistry classes in high school, Jamie pursued food science after deciding it was the perfect combination of chemistry, nutrition, and cooking. We are super excited to learn more about Jamie and her food science career and passion. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, we are so excited to talk to you today. So, Joe, if you want to start us off,
0: Yeah, I'd love to. So, I am getting you are a professional chocolate scientist, and that sounds like the coolest thing in the world. I really want to hear about what your workday looks like. What do you do?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, as a chocolate scientist, we get projects in from our customers. So, they might ask us to make either an innovation or match a product that they currently have. And this might be an ice cream coating or a chocolate chip, a wafer, a chunk that, you know, would go in a bakery item, a drizzle for a granola bar or something to enrobe, some candy or nuts. So I would get the project in and figure out what, you know, my next steps are. So I would usually start by the computer, you know, looking through, Uh, researching what's currently on the market, you know, maybe looking at an ingredient deck and then I would formulate. So I'd start with our raw ingredients. A lot of times that's sugar, oils, dairy powders, cocoa powders. And then once that formula is written, I go in the lab, I weigh up the ingredients and I process it. So I take it through a refiner and that breaks down the particles. I then uh, use a high shear mixture and mix that up. I add a certain amount of oil and i would then test out that product. I always taste. We have tastings every day and we taste each other's products. And then we might test it on an application. So i might dip an ice cream bar or i might, you know, make chocolate chips out of it. I could do a bake test in a cookie. And then after that, we figure out if this is the right item to send to the customer. If we think that we can make something better, we might make tweaks and kind of do the whole process all over again. But that's kind of the day-to-day.
0: Wow. That sounds like so much fun. And you get to indulge in baked treats as part of your workday. I wish I could say I wasn't jealous.
2: That's true. However, we do make some kind of not great coatings. Okay. (laughs) Um, And by that, I mean high protein, high fiber, low sugar, all those trends. So, of course, we make some delicious things. Like we make very delicious chocolate and then we make, you know, keto or other types of, you know, trends that are day to day. And I'd still have to taste those.
0: (laughs) Very fair.
2: Well, that
1: sounds very cool to be able to be a part of all that. What got you interested in food science and what did you do as a student that um, kind of helped you learn about things like that?
2: Yeah, I think I got really interested in food science just as a kid growing up, really liking to cook. I remember I used to I used to look at the back of you know ingredients and figure out like what's in this, how is it made, and then when I would cook, I'd always try and figure out how could I make this better, what kind of tweaks could I make next time. So I always knew I was interested in food, and I just found food science pretty naturally. It's not that easy of a major to find. I think I was just looking in the right place. I was looking at a lot of schools that had nutrition and other food majors and kind of found food science through that. And I was like, wow, this is something that's really calling out to me. I think I could really do this, especially because it combines the science that I was already interested in with the food and the cooking and the nutrition that I was really interested in.
0: You sound like you have a really, really fun job. What about your job brings you joy?
2: I really like working hands on. So I like the fact that I'm not sitting at my desk all day. Of course, I still have desk work and paperwork to do, but I love the ability to go into the lab and create something really cool. And it is very science based, but it's also creative based. I mean, you have to think. I mean, you're problem solving. How can I make this taste better and function better? So I think it's a really a good combination of creativity and science.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. And sounds like you have a great balance with that. If you could give us an example, what's the project you worked on that was the most fun or had the most interesting flavor? I'm sure you've had lots of different varied experiences, as you've described.
2: We work on a lot of projects at a time. We have really fast turnaround because we make ingredients for other companies. So I may be working on, you know, five to 10 projects at a time. And I have a lot of fun ones. One of the ones that I thought was really fun, I made a red velvet coating for an ice cream customer. So I started with the white base and then I figured out, you know, now that I have this white ice cream coating which you know, has coconut oil, it has sugar, and maybe has some dairy powders in it. How can I make it look and taste like red velvet? And they want it to be only natural. So I had to find some natural colors and natural flavors to really make it taste and look good. And those are pretty fun process to go through and then also see it on the shelves at the end.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Like beginning to end, you get to see this blank canvas quite literally in a uh, white ice cream flavor and turn it into something that's beautiful and delicious. That just sounds so satisfying.
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot of people probably don't realize that the person behind developing all these new formulas and flavors for chocolate is actually a STEM professional. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how food science is a STEM career, but like you also have a lot of room for creativity?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, So as a food scientist, I had a lot of science classes in college, it was very chemistry heavy. So, you know, we started with the first chemistry class, went all the way to organic chemistry. We had, you know, another, a number of physics, biology classes. So it really uses a lot of different aspects of science to create chocolate. I mean, you're starting at these raw ingredients and figuring out how they can come together to create something that tastes really good to most people. Um, But then at the same time, you had said like, it takes some creativity. And I had mentioned that before. And that's definitely within how can I take something from these raw ingredients and make something that tastes and looks really cool. So like I said, we work with a lot of colors and flavors. And we might make different shapes and different stuff like that. So it definitely is a combination of chemistry and creativity.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, that sounds like it's just always interesting and
2: different then. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, you mentioned to us when you first became interested in food science that your mom introduced you to a friend that was a food scientist. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how mentors have been important in your life and what that mentor experience was like? What did they give you that you needed to be successful
2: yeah i'd say this was my very first mentor within food science and i've had you know a number of different mentors throughout my career but this one was a family friend of ours and as i was looking into majors for college i came across food science and i remember my mom saying oh i i think i know someone who's a food scientist and he's not that much older than you are so she connected me with him and I met him at his office one day to talk about what he does day to day and you know I don't remember the whole conversation I just remember him telling me how he worked with making pizza every day and pizza sauce and pizza toppings and I came out of there being like that sounds amazing I want to do what he does and then throughout my career he was the person that I would email or call or talk to if I had questions when I was looking for an internship. I I reached out to him and you know I told him I'm looking for an internship. I'm in college. What do you recommend I do? Are there specific companies you think I should reach out to? I he looked at my resume, made sure that he thought that you know it was acceptable to send to companies. So not only you know having that mentor, but using him and making sure to stay in contact was yeah that was really
0: important. It's so great to hear that you stayed in contact with that mentor and that your relationship with him was able to like change over time based on what you needed in that moment. I think that's really important to consider is that a good mentor is someone that adapts to what you need. And it sounds like that that professional was that for you. So it's really great to hear that story. So can
1: you explain like why food science is like such an important field and how can students who maybe have an interest in chemistry kind of transfer those skills into food science?
2: So one of the reasons I thought food science would be really great to go into is because it's a job that is always going to be there because we always eat food. Like everyone needs food to live. So I knew that there would be opportunities for me after college to have a career and something that I can grow and do something really cool in. Um, So that's like one thing is that it's something that, you know, you're going to always have food scientists that are making your food and making whatever's on the shelf that you see in the grocery store so with a chemical engineering degree, it's actually really easy to um, go into food science. There We've had chemical engineers become food science food scientists, and I've had you know interns at our company that are both food science majors and chemical engineers. They take a lot of the same classes. If someone does want to transfer while they're in school from a chemistry major to a food science major, That also shouldn't be that difficult just because you're already taking a lot of the same classes and you might already have a lot of the same prerequisites. Um, And then also, I know a lot of people who will then just get their master's in food science. They might not have their bachelor's in food science. They might have, you know, it in a different type of science or something else. But a two year master's is very common for food scientists.
1: So my school, I've actually never heard of food science as like a bachelor's. And so what uh, school did you go to
2: that had that as an option? That's a good point, because when I was looking at colleges, there were only a number of them that had food science as a degree. So I went to University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. I also know where I currently live, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, UW has a really good food science program. Purdue also has food science. I know Cornell has food science, and then I think you can look it up now and find where mm-hmm. where they have um, that degree. But it is hard when they don't offer it at every school,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, it's definitely not one of the like main ones that you see, especially in STEM, because I don't associate it with like a traditional engineering kind of thing. Which it's really cool that like that's an option for people to do. Yeah. And uh we're just gonna take a short break and uh we'll be right back.
3: Hi, it's Wendy. Thank you for joining us. Do you golf? If so, it's time to get your clubs out, practice your swing, and get ready for our sixth annual golf tournament on July 28th at the beautiful Arrowhead Golf Club. Join us for this fun day out, meet our team and our board members. It's also a great opportunity to network with our alumni and many Colorado STEM-focused companies. So don't forget to mark your calendars and we can't wait to see you out on the course. This week's episode is sponsored by PAX 8. PAX 8 provides the marketplace that moves your business forward. From the people who always have your back and where business goes big, PAX 8 provides a universe of possibilities, hundreds of cloud products from the industry's leading vendors, along with expertise, guidance, and insight. To learn more, please visit them at pax8.com. That's P-A-X number eight dot com. Now let's get you back to the conversation.
1: Welcome back everyone to the second half of our podcast. So Jamie, do you kind of bring a recipe with you or do you like, what do you, what does that look like? How do you kind of transition between corporate and then production?
2: So I think I had mentioned that usually we make five to 10 pound samples in the lab for our customers and we can make, you know, up to a hundred pounds at a time in the lab. And sometimes that would be, you know, 10, hundred pound batches and we would send a thousand pounds as maybe a smaller trial for our customers. But once they get those samples and they want to order from our plants, that would be a 40,000 pound trial. And so I have to figure out how I take, you know, my five to 10 pound sample and convert that to 40,000 pounds. And it's not just, you know, the exact math of now you're just scaling up from five to 40,000. You have to figure out you know, are all my ingredients going to work together correctly the same way that they worked in the lab? And am I going to hit all my specifications? So we set specs, we set, you know, fineness spec, viscosity, which is like how thin or thick the product is, a color spec, a fat spec, and then we give them a nutritional. So that shows how much sugar is in there, how much protein, how much fiber. So if we can't hit all those specs, in the plant, like we did in the lab, then we've basically failed our scale up. So I have to make sure I have enough data from what I've done in the lab to be able to successfully scale up something. So I might have to make it again in the lab if I've only made it once. I might have to make it um, a few different ways. We have different conch programs, which is basically just how we liquefy the product at the end. So. You know, I might try a few different ways to liquefy it, and then whatever I think might work the best or get the best, most consistent results, that's what I would choose, and then bring that to the plant. And then a lot of times we will go for the first production. So we do have a woman, actually, she's a food scientist, but she works in the plant and she helps us scale up. But if she's not there or she's busy with other things, we will then go to the plant as well, And be there and watch the 40,000 pound run, you know, move fat around from beginning to end and kind of play with a few things to make sure that the customer is getting exactly what they ordered.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like just being consistent and precise and like keeping in mind what the customer wants is super important. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's also bringing me back to my chemistry lab days. It's like there's so much precision and I can't imagine how much work goes into that. So truly props. I'm curious, you know, we've been talking a lot about your career and you mentioned that some things in your career have been really important to push you forward and inspire you. And what do you think that we can be giving the young women in STEM now to push them forward and encourage them? And what was the most important thing for you?
2: Well, first off, I want to say what you're doing now is amazing. I think the podcast is a really great place to share information and push girls and STEM forward. And then I also think the organization in general is awesome. And so I really think you're accomplishing a lot of what you just asked about. But personally, for myself, I do think seeing people who have that job that I might want and like figuring out like what do they do day to day? Do they like what they're doing? And what other kinds of you know jobs could they possibly get with that degree so I could really see and we can't really see into the future, but you know, could I see myself in that role? So I think having those role models and those mentors, as we talked about before, is extremely important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so hard to see yourself in something that you haven't seen before. It's like trying to put yourself in um in a hole that you don't know what size it is or um the depth of it. And so that's really important. I'm glad you brought that up.
2: And I know one more thing um is that I was able to job shadow. So, and I believe I didn't start job shadowing until college but I think you know high schoolers could probably get in on that as well and just seeing if someone could let them someone maybe in a field or through all the connections um in a job that they might want or even might be interested they might not know but go on a few different job shadows and figure out if you're interested in that
1: when you um job shadow did you do it for food science related things or was it kind of other jobs
0: So
2: in high school, I did different jobs. I think I job shadowed like a teacher for a day, fields that I'm not in now just to see. They were offered and I grabbed them. I was like, yeah, I will, even if I don't know that this is what I want to do or don't think I want to be a teacher, I will take this opportunity to confirm that. Because maybe I sat in that class all day and listened and I was like, wow, I could." I didn't think I could see myself doing it, but I, but I can. Um, but then once I got to college and was in the major, I then got opportunities to actually um, – follow a food scientist for a day. And that did help confirm maybe as a freshman that I wanted to stay in that major and continue down that path. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course, just like having experience and exposure to different careers definitely just kind of helps you realize what you want to do. Agreed. So what do you wish that you knew before going into food science and what are um, kind of like difficult things to be aware of and how did you overcome them?
2: I think I wish that I knew more about getting an internship. I got an internship after junior year and I did try to get one after sophomore year. I ended up doing research at school, which was great. But I think I wish you knew a little bit more about getting an internship because I think having one more summer of experience at a different company would have been really great for my growth. And I didn't, you know, maybe know enough or I wasn't told beforehand how to get an internship as a sophomore. I just remember them saying, oh, sophomores don't usually get internships. Usually it goes to the junior. And I wish I hadn't been discouraged by that and I would have ignored what they said and still tried to get one Um, because I really, I think the most important thing is the hands-on experience. I do think school and classes are great and important, but the internship is really where I learned like what my life is going to look like and, you know, if it's something that I wanted to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, hands-on experience is the best teacher, especially for, like, a lab-heavy job.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, standing where you are in your career, if you could change anything about your career, past, present, or future, like determining if you would have gotten into it earlier, or maybe right now you change um, something specific about what you're doing, or maybe you want something for the future. If you were to change anything in any of those zones, what would you change about your career?
2: Well, I don't think I'd change anything about the past or the present, because I think what got me to where I am today is, you know, that all happened for a reason. And, you know, maybe the failures I learned a lot from and the success, you know, also taught me a lot. So I would say like, as a senior food scientist, I've been at this company for six years. I'm not sure I would change much. But in the future, I could definitely see myself wanting to change things to make sure I go in the right direction and making sure I continue to grow in my field. And sometimes I think that's hard and you can get stagnant and you can just keep doing the same thing day in and day out. So, I think in the future, I could see myself trying to push harder to, you know, always be doing something different, learning more, maybe even trying a different path within food scientists, within food science at my job. So, I think just working to figure that out.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that answer. That's. I think really important to remember that we're all continuously growing and that our journeys bring us to where we are today. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We uh, can't underestimate the importance of growth and, you know, changing things up once in a while. All right. So we are going to start our rapid fire question round and how it's going to work is Joe and I will switch off asking a series of questions and you just kind of give the first answer that pops into your mind. So are you ready? I guess. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Joe, do you want to start us off?
0: Yeah. My first question is what did you want to be when you were five?
2: I wanted to be a chef.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. Like full circle there. I love that.
2: I know. Mm -hmm. All
1: right. And next one is who is your female
2: STEM icon? Okay. This is actually a funny story. But when I was in second or third grade, I had to do a report and I chose Jane Goodall to do my report on. I then kind of, you know, as a second or third grader become really, really interested in her and learned a lot. I was able to hear her speak. So I'm going to say that Jane Goodall is. And I think she's kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, she is like an amazing woman. Like she's a primatologist and she's like had a lot of important kind of like breakthroughs and stuff studying uh, chimpanzees.
2: Yeah, she uh, she's very passionate about what she does. And I, I think that shows a lot.
0: Absolutely. And it's so easy to tell how passionate you are about what you're doing. I'm just enamored by how passionate you are. But my question is, what's your best life hack?
2: My best life hack, I think, is to not get too stressed out. And I have to keep reminding myself that. So I want to tell you guys that too, is that it's, you know, not life or death if you don't do well on an exam or in a class or on a project like you'll be okay. So don't get too stressed over the little things.
0: Mm -hmm. I definitely needed that advice. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to
2: stick with that. I'm glad to help.
0: Yeah. As a student, um,
1: I think Joe and I can both uh, (laughs) relate to that for sure. Um, All right. So the next question kind of going off of that is what's your favorite way to de-stress, to relax?
2: So I foster dogs. So I would say my favorite way to de-stress is just to play with one of them, take them on a walk, just cuddle with, I, I really like dogs a lot, so.
0: Oh, okay. And what is the best compliment you've ever received?
2: That's a good one. Um, I can't think of a like super specific one off the top of my head, but I'd say like people at work have told me before that they look to me um kind of as the person that they, you know, want to be as organized as, and, you know, kind of as on top of things. So, you know, I've taken that as a really big compliment before.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, What is your favorite motto? Something that you, like a mantra that you live by?
2: I think a good motto is to never be afraid to try something new. I think it could be really scary to do something new or that you're not very comfortable with, but I think, That's when the best things happen. It's when you learn the most about yourself and figure out who really you are and kind of just do something cool then.
0: Yeah, that is so awesome. And I relate with that so much. Sometimes you just need to be in the perspective of, you know, trying something you're not good at in order to remind your brain that it still has to be flexible. Yep. I think that's something that's really important to remember. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, What is something that you've really been wanting to learn?
2: I've been wanting to learn how to speak Spanish. So I just started taking Babel Spanish class like on my phone. So I hope to learn how to speak Spanish.
1: Awesome. All right. um, Our last question in the rapid fire round is what is your favorite song?
2: All right, a song that I was listening to today that always lifts me up is Fireflies by Owl City.
0: Yeah, that's such a good song. That's a
1: good one. (laughs) All right, well, we can add that song to our mentor playlist, which uh, you can find on Spotify. So make sure to check that out. Oh, I definitely will.
0: And lastly, this is a question we ask all of our guests. Standing where you are now, what advice would you give to your high school self? I would think, I think I would
2: tell myself that, you know, to make sure to continue doing what you're passionate about, which I think I did, but that to not overthink it, that I think it's all going to be okay. And whatever path that I've taken down or whatever decisions I make throughout, you know, school, that I'll get to a place and I'll still be happy and that it's not, you know, not worth fretting over the little things.
0: I like that, yeah,
1: absolutely. I think yeah, we could all uh take that advice more into our lives for sure.
2: I think I thought that like that some of these decisions I had to make were you know the biggest deal, like what internship do I take or what job, or but at the end of the day, I think you you don't know this, but you'll be happy in a lot of the situations, yeah, that there's not a right decision or a wrong decision, you know,
1: mhm, absolutely. And uh, for our listeners, we have the trivia question of the episode. And the question is, what derivative of the cocoa bean is in white chocolate? And you can find that answer on our Instagram at
0: stemblazers. So make sure to check that out. We just want to thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us on this episode we have so thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and are so inspired by your passion and what moves you forward and know that it will have a huge impact on the women going into these fields and continuing their careers. So thank you from STEM Blazers for being here.
2: Thanks for having me guys. This was was fun. I hope that the podcast turns out good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's with awesome guests like you there's no doubt it will.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for your time. It has been awesome talking to you.
2: Yeah, well good luck in college and I mean Joe, specifically I know you're in, you know, a similar type of major. If you ever need anything or want to reach out or you know, literally anything, just email me and I can give you my number and we can chat.
0: That is so sweet of you. I really appreciate it. Being able to look up to people like you is really inspiring and reminding me of what I'm doing, what I'm doing. And I think we have one more final closing message. Maddie, would you like to grab that?
1: yeah definitely um so thank you to all the listeners for joining us for another stem blazers episode um if you want more information and to stay up to date with what we're doing at stem blazers check out our website at stemblazers.org or our facebook and instagram pages at stem blazers thank you so much